Hello and welcome, Friar Town. Today is June 22nd, and we are going to be joined by the 3 and D King himself, Jalen Lindsay. I am Billy Ritchie, and this is the Friar Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Friar Podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Billy Ritchie, joined by the great Kevin Farhar of FriarBasketball.com. And today, here in episode 31, we have one of my favorite Friars of all time, who was an amazing 3 and D player, an amazing leader as he went through his career and played on, as we were chopping it up before, before we came live here, some amazing Friar teams. 100%. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with the man, Jalen Lindsay. Jalen, welcome to the Friar Podcast. What's good, guys? It's good to see y'all. It's been a while. It has. It has. We're lucky enough to see you once during the season. It's great to have you back in the New England area. But, like, this really has been overdue because, you know, we've had Ben on. Mm-hmm. We've had Sham on. We've had Chiron on. And, and, and I've really been interested to hear your perspective on everything about PC. But before we even get there, I just want to start off with, like, where did Jalen Lindsay start playing basketball? Like, the early years of basketball with Jalen Lindsay. Yeah, man, I think it was, so I think it all starts back when I was like a baby, man. Like my grandma used to say, she would put like a little basket in front of me and give me like little paper balls. And she said, I would just sit there and just shoot them into the basket. Like, and so I guess it really started early, but around five years old, man, I really started to really get into it. You know, trying to do AAU, trying to learn a little bit more there. And then I ended up going to high school at CPA, um, a school out there in Franklin, Tennessee, um I was there did very well there leading score there still to this day so you know I ended up picking Providence it was um a little different to me at the time I was getting recruited by some big schools but it was also you know one of those things I was like you know me Cooley and then um you know at the time I'm just like this dude's awesome <laughs> this dude's awesome so you know I really wanted to play for him and then obviously you guys know my dad's from out here so mm-hmm. yeah. so you're the number 32 recruit in the nation your, your mom was a baller too, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, she was cold. <laughs> she was cold. <laughs> so you come from a family of ballers. Like, you obviously had a great high school career. You picked PC because of Ed. But, like, what did you think of PC when you got to campus? Like, first day, you have some ties up here. Um, yeah. But, you know, you're from Tennessee too. What did you think about getting to PC campus? Honestly, I thought it was beautiful when you go on there. But, you know, the people are a little bit different here than they are in the South. So, you know, moving up here was a culture shock in a way. I, you know, my dad's from here, but I wasn't up here often growing up. But, you know, it, it was a culture shock. But I loved being on campus. You know, just walking on campus, the energy is kind of different. Everybody's vibing. You know, everybody's having a good time. Everybody's talkative. So, you know, everybody on campus is super nice. So I think it just made me feel like right at home when I got there. Never really felt out of place or uncomfortable. So... Jalen, taking a step back, even when you were younger, I think what a lot of fans may not realize is, I think you had a Division One offer in like eighth grade or something. Or were you like a like a big kid in eighth grade? I'm interested in kind of how your game evolved from being that kind of like oversized eighth grader to more of like a perimeter player as you got older. Yeah, so definitely, man. I was like six six, you know, six five. I was real skinny, but I was real tall in eighth grade. Got my first offer from um, Memphis. 
So when that came in, I kind of felt like, okay, now I got to kind of get going and figure it out. I was real goofy at the time, you know, starting high school varsity as an eighth grader. It was real, it was different, but I was still getting my, my, you know, my footing under me. So I started, you know, working out more. I started going and getting invited to all these camps like John Lucas camps, LeBron James camps, and then, you know, playing against some of these players that are even in the NBA today and that I've played against in college, like, you know, it made me better as a player. So you know, at times, you know, it was tough just getting over the goofiness of being, you know, in eighth grade, 13 years old to try to mature and play at the high school level and keep playing varsity and then obviously go to college and further. So. And what was it like for you? I mean, did you feel like you had a pretty big target on your back? Because even I think PC was recruiting you like your sophomore year. And yeah. everyone sees that number like 32 in the country. And I know you had a great coach in Drew Maddox. We'd love to hear about just kind of your process of learning under him, but also having that kind of target on your back. If that's something you've been paid attention to when you were a kid? Yeah, so, you know, my Drew Maddox was a great guy. And I think of him as a mentor. Obviously, he's a hell of a player at Vanderbilt. Um, taught me a lot, you know, introduced me to a lot of people that helped me with my game over time. Um, gave me the opportunity to kind of do what I wanted to do out there on the court. And I think that we gained a relationship that is, you know, far far more than like coaching and player. So, you know, it was one of those things that he taught me everything. I kind of know about being a basketball player other than what my dad and mom taught me. But um, yeah, so, you know, Drew, Drew's awesome. So I just, you know, CPA changed me in a lot of ways. So, Were there any guys that you remember playing against high school or AAU that made it pretty big or like I matched up with him back in the day? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I played against, you know, the Julius Randles, the Andrew Wiggins, um, you know, a lot of those guys, you know, Jaleel Okafor. Justice Winslow, you know, a lot of these guys are been in the NBA or, you know, are still there and winning championships now. So it's always crazy to see them play on, you know, TV and play in front of all these people and for these big time teams. So, you know, even the guys overseas, you know, playing in the EuroLeague and, and doing their thing over there. So it's exciting to see. Um, but yeah, it brings back memories for sure. Bringing it back to PC, right? You get there, you're a freshman and Ed doesn't really like playing the freshman, right? Like he, he likes, he likes sticking with his guys, but you, you were actually a little different. He liked, he liked, he liked playing you early on. Right. You know what I'm saying though? There's, there were yeah. times where Cooley would stick with his five, six, seven <laughs> upperclassmen in the, in, in the rotation as much as possible. Right. Yeah. What was it like getting into PC and then being a freshman right off the bat? Yeah, man, it was different, you know, and obviously, like you say, he plays his guys and usually it's the older guys that are playing at the end of the game and stuff like that. And it was different, you know, being coming out of high school, you thought, you know, you think you would play a lot more and I played a decent amount and I was very thankful for that, man. And and it was one of those things that I was up against some really, really good players. So, you know, playing against them every day, I just took the opportunity to more learn and then kind of wait for my opportunity to kind of jump in there, maybe start a couple of games and do that. So, um, you know, I was patient with it, just kept learning from the older guys and they taught me a lot while I was there. So they really helped, you know, me progress as a player at Providence. So. And Jalen, how hard was it for you? I remember your freshman year, specifically yeah. that Mohegan Sun tournament, you were on fire. The yeah. first game was Florida State, right? You hit like five or six threes. Yeah. You hit mm -hmm. your first one against Notre Dame and twisted your ankle, oh. right? And I feel like that was a big setback for you. Is that how you remember it? Yeah, man, that, you know, I was playing well. Um, shot the three and landed right on his foot. And I was, I just couldn't get back into it. You know, super swollen, you know, it was hurting really bad. So I was went back in the locker room and everything. And I came out, back out on crutches and it was defeating, man. Cause I was playing so well at the time I felt like, so, uh, you know, it hurt, you know, it's hard to get back from those ankle injuries sometimes, um, especially when they keep happening over and over again. So 
it was tough. You know, I just, everybody helped me, like, you know, keep me motivated at the time because I kind of would get deflated. I mean, it, it was deflating not being able to play, watch everybody do all this stuff. And, you know, but sitting there watching LaDante go crazy after that was, uh, that was the icing on the, you know, cake with that. And I was okay. I was like, hey, the team's in good hands. So I don't need to worry. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was deflating, but, you know, I definitely got through it and, and got better over the years with and kept training it and, and getting better at more ankle mobility. So, so Jen, do you think that that, to me, like that your freshman year might have been the best team Cooley had? You know, yeah. you guys had, I think you were a six seed, but mm-hmm. if you look back at that team, you had depth and size. And especially, I feel like your freshman class would love to hear about you know, your memories of that team your freshman year, but also your recruiting class, because that class with, you, Kyron, Ben, Pascal, and Tyree didn't play a lot, but that was, you guys all had an impact right away. So I'd love to hear about just your memories of the vets in that team and mm-hmm. what, you know, your approach was your as a collective freshman group that year. Coming yeah, season. No, definitely. I mean, like you said, we played for, we had some great guys on that team and they were all older. So we knew that we just had to learn from them at the time. And uh, me and Ben were really close in high school. So I kind of knew him before all that stuff. Uh, kind of met Pascal through that too. And then Kyron came along. Um, and obviously, like you said, we had Tyree, we had Tom. Um, so, but yeah, as a, you know, and obviously as you see, Ben is a huge player. Kyron went and played a good career. Pascal's doing his thing. So, you know, we just all knew to band together and challenge those older guys. We wanted to prove a point that we're here. So, and I think we did that, you know, and I think the older guys respected us for that. And I think that at the time, you know, we knew our time would come and, and it did. So we all had our times in, in games to do our own thing and um, help the team success. So we were okay with that. That Dayton game was tough, man. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, 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 it was tough, but at the end of the day, you still had three years ahead of you. And so- sophomore year, like we talked about, the team success coming out of the gate was just really, really strong, right? let's talk about like that, like beating Arizona, playing Michigan State. Those are some big games in that tournament. What did you think about playing in that specific tournament? Oh, it was great. You know, I mean, you don't play teams like that every day. So being able to play, being able to play those big teams, it was crazy watching the guys. Like we we were amped for those games. We wanted to prove a point. You know, still Providence, even after they won a Big East Championship, they were kind of slept on a little bit. So we wanted to not let people know, like, you know, we're here. Like, there's there's no doubt in that. And, you know, we beat some big teams in Arizona, played Michigan State. You know, we did all that stuff. And I think we uh, we made a name for ourselves there in just that aspect of the start of the season that, you know, we were planning on trying to have a really good season that season. So, you know, the guys, we all banded together. We were super close, and the chemistry was off the charts. So, you know, we made that work. Trusting Cooley's playing, and we and we did our thing. So, What, what was the dynamic like playing with, two really good players and Chris and Ben it, it must have been hard sometimes like it's like there's only so much ball right it's like they're taking right. the ball they're making their plays like, and you're trying to work off of them get your rhythm get your shot going we've interviewed Ben before and he he said at times he would be very very intense in practice yeah. and very intense in games and be like yo this is my ball like yeah. I'm curious from your perspective yeah, 100%. Like, you know, I love Ben. Ben shots, he's, he tries to act all, you know, yeah, it's my boy. He was like that, but he also was very unselfish. Him and Chris both. You know, we always knew the right spots to be in. Um, you know, I practiced that every day, being in the right spots. I kind of knew what they did, their moves, you know, where they're going to go that way. 
when they do get collapsed on because they have, you know, 35 points in the, in the second half and, you know, and all these different things. And that's where we would come in, you know, they couldn't do it by themselves. And I think they obviously understood that. Um, and we were also, you know, we had some good players too, just outside of them. So mm -hmm. um, we were able to do that and, and be a help with them, but watching them play, those dudes are amazing players. So you know, I'm still close with both of them to this day, but you know, mm -hmm. everything they've done. And honestly, man, I, I'm so glad I got to play with them dudes, watching them every day in practice. And then obviously seeing them what they do in games. It's very, 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 very cool to see look up close. So. So Jen, you mentioned that you knew Ben, did you know him before you guys committed to PC? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I knew. How did you guys meet? Uh, I think it was we just met at camps, man. We were just meeting at camps and stuff like that, and then we ended up getting kind of close. We knew each other before through uh, other players too, and we had talked about schools, but didn't really know what was going on. And then I kind of made the decision to go to Providence, and then you know talked to him a little bit. And he thought about it, and then you know came to, and then we kind of went from there. But yeah, we were friends before. We were actually pretty close. So, uh, Bill, I got to take a step back. We skipped a big moment from Jalen's freshman year. Let's that, do it. The Villanova game at MSG. Uh, <laughs> so, and Jay, I thought that's when you started, like, late in your freshman year, you started getting rolling. You hit, like, three threes yeah. in that game, a good game against Dayton, but you're also part of that big steal, right? Were you the one who stripped the ball? I'm trying to remember, you know, for oh. fans who maybe don't remember, PC was down, what, like, four with 20 seconds yeah. to go, got a layup, yeah. a steal, and then the layup. But um, I'd love yeah. to hear your thoughts on that and then what happened on the other end. Yeah, man, you know, I can't remember if I was in there, but I think I was close by and we kind of poked the ball loose, which was great. You know, we were, we were obviously the the trapping on it and making sure we can do it. It was the end of the game. We knew it was balls to the walls now. So we just put everything we had left in the tank and, you know, the end and the layup, it just, I mean, things happen. So, you know, those losses and stuff are tough. So, it, you know, it, it happened. So. But, but the, I guess for me, that specific moment, what was that like being like a, I think you were only still 18 at that point, right? Maybe 19? Just, yeah. yeah you're in MSG and the place must be going absolutely insane. Yeah. What was that like being a young kid experiencing that? Oh, it was different. I had never played in MSG before um, like that. So, it, I mean, the atmosphere was off the charts. You know, you feel the ground shaking while you're out there. So it was one of those things that, it kind of gives you that little burst of energy you need to, to really try to put everything you have into it. And, and given that extra little burst, it was just, it made me feel better, made me play better, uh, made us play better. Our chemistry was on fire just because you could even hear us talking over the crowd. That's how into it we were. So yeah, it was playing MSGs. Obviously that's, I got to say, it's my favorite gym to play in. So uh, yeah. And I feel like you always, you always shot well there. I know everyone will talk about your big game and you're older, but, I don't yeah. know why. I feel like you always had good shooting games there. Yeah, I'm not sure why either, but I don't know. It's the magic of the place, but yeah, no, definitely. I love playing MSG. Coming out in, in playing college basketball, right? We mm -hmm. talked about we talked about this with AJ. Because AJ, you know, somewhere kind of three th three point shooter. He he said like in high school that he had to do it all, right? Like he was, you know, yeah. he 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 was active, you know, in ISOs and in, in dribble drive plays and threes. And then you come to college and you're playing a role. How how tough is that? Like the transition, it's like, and you know, we talked about it with him, like the NBA game almost translate better to high school for some kids yeah. because you're doing it all right. What was it like playing a role when yeah. you got to PC? I mean, honestly, I went through the same thing. You go from doing everything you can in high school and, and one through five, and then you start playing in a role and you got to figure out how to adapt to that. And it's tough, you know, coming into college, I, like you guys said, I was 32 in the nation on ESPN 
you come in that's I mean that's big expectations from people so coming in like that I felt the pressure immediately from that you know I wanted to prove to everybody I was that number for a reason but you know coming in and realizing that it's not that way all these guys you play with were ranked or better or you know so you had to play a role at the time and it, it was tough you know I definitely struggled a little bit my freshman year to get used to that and get into the flow of playing college basketball was a lot different um obviously high school a lot more fast paced and then you know it's fast paced in, in in college too but into a different degree all the tv timeouts and all these different things was a lot it was different for me it was like a culture shock when it came to basketball so but like I said, the team really helped me with that. It didn't take much time for me to start to try to figure it out. But obviously coming in, it was it was definitely tough. So I understand where people come into college and they struggle a little bit. This kind of this feeds into the I love this when I wrote this down, becoming the three and D king. When I think about like your role and kind of how you played with us, it was timely shots, like Kev said, and, and big moments, right? Even freshman year, Florida State tournament game, boom. We'll get into your big performance in MSG, you know, tournament games. Like you always kind of came up big in those in, in those big moments. Take me through sitting down with Ed where it's like, hey, you're going to be a, you know, you're going to be a three-point shooter. You're going to be a defensive guy. How, how do you have that sort of conversation when you're coming up? Yeah, I mean, I, it was different for me. Um, you know, being a shooter, I could kind of, I realized that I was starting to become a really good three-point shooter. But the defensive side, I was always pretty good at defense. But it came into a point where in, in practices, I was guarding people. And he was saw like, man, like this, this guy can play defense too. So I think he kind of realized that you're going to be that guy. I need to hit shots and play defense on the best players when I need you to do that. And then I would take that as a challenge. And I definitely, you know, thrived as a three and D kind of player. And, and the team knew if, uh, you know, we needed Chris and Ben, those guys to to be ready to score and not be getting foul trouble, do those things. That's where, you know, I, I guard that best player. You know, I, got the, I guard the Josh Hart's and the Mikael Bridges and all those guys when they're at Villanova. So, you know, it's one of those things that I, I knew I had to do and I took pride in that. So, and obviously doing that, I played my role and I got playing time because of it. So, you mm -hmm. know, to come out of it, so. One more thing on my end, then we'll kick it back to Kev. It's just your overall relationship with Ed, right? Like we yeah. we saw, you know, he brought you in pretty young into the game, gave mm -hmm. you a, kind of put you in a position to have that role, like we talked about. But you also had some times where he'd be like yelling at the huddle, he'd be yelling at you guys, kind of, you know, just 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 losing his. Like I feel like that era of Cooley was very animated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Compa compared to, you know, kids change, culture changes. Like I feel like he didn't yell as much towards the end of the, you know, his tenure at PC. What was it like playing for sometimes a fiery Ed, but also a very supportive Ed? Yeah, and, and, you know, it was great to have that. It was that healthy balance of the two. And it's funny because he would yell at you like that and cuss you out and then tap you on your side and be like, love you, keep playing. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, and that's who he was. And I think it was just, it's always the heat of the moment. Like you said, I mean, my relationship with Ed is great, man. You know, he really helped me out in college helped me understand how to navigate and have all this freedom um, when I'm not used to stuff like that. And then obviously I was super far from home. So it was definitely different for me. And then obviously him giving me the opportunity to play freshman year and then kind of move on from there and, and then start starting me and trusting me in that way, definitely gave them motivation to keep being better as a player. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, my relationship's great with Cooley still is to this day. Um, you know, we talk every now and then he checks in and you know, I talk to him. So um yeah yeah I've seen him a couple of times since I've been back um but yeah so it's been it's our relationship's been good and I don't think it's gonna get any any better than that um uh, so Jalen looking at your junior year um mm -hmm. you took a massive leap I mean that your shooting year is one of the best shooting years in PC history it goes to me it goes a little overlooked you shot 
46 percent from three hit like 74 75 threes mm-hmm. um what do you think contributed to you taking that big step forward uh that year yeah um i think it's a a factor of things um i think that junior year i was in the best shape possible i had been in the, the gym lifting weights heavily to be able to get open and get to my shot um coach white really helped me with that i transformed my body you know i was like six seven 225 like lean but very agile so that really helps my game being more physical and getting to my spot because obviously some of these guys are extremely strong and they're pushing you around when you're trying to get through screens and so that's something i knew i had to fix um, and then obviously I think my team really, I think the, them trusting in me, knowing that I was going to hit those shots that they need me to hit was the confidence that I needed for, to go out and do that, those things. So, um, you know, I think those are the main factors and obviously working out with people, um, every day in the team and working out with Sham God when he was there and doing all these things, teaching me how to be a better player really helped. So, you know, I took pride in shooting threes. Um, I hated when I missed them or I hated when I had an off game. It just, it tore me apart. So I just made sure that I tried to hit as many as I could while I was in and shoot the best shots possible because you don't want to shoot bad shots. So, And what was it like for you, Kyron and Rodney? Because I felt like even when Chris was there, the narrative back then with PC at the beginning of every season, there was always some sort of doubt. Like your sophomore year was like, oh, it's Chris, but who else can play in this team? You know, then your junior year, Chris and Ben are gone. And I don't think many people were expecting you guys to be as good as you were. So, um, you know, what kind of conversations you guys having back then and just what was your mentality as a trio going to that? Because I think it's pretty remarkable you guys made four straight tournaments. And I feel like every year you guys are kind of questioned before the season started. Yeah, definitely. I think when Chris and Ben left, people obviously thought that, oh, now they're going to have to rebuild or, or, you know, get some more recruits or whatever. But we knew we just had to buy into that. We knew now it was now that they're gone, it was going to be up to. You know, we're kind of the older class now being juniors. So it was, you know, me, Kyron, Rodney, you know, Tom. I mean, we even had the younger guys like Alpha playing really well and Isaiah and, you know, all these guys are playing extremely well. Khalif, you know, Malik, Drew, everybody's playing really well at this time. We're all clicking very well, but we knew that we had to take leadership and and running this team. Um, It was different. And that's kind of where I tried to do the best I could to be more of the vocal voice. Kyron's more of the soft side. He doesn't really like saying too much. So I knew that I had to kind of get there. Same with Rodney. So I knew that was kind of my role to kind of try to figure out how to be a leader there and being vocal is the best way I could. And that's kind of where the leadership kind of came in there. And obviously Kyron and Rodney were both guys that led more on the court about the, uh, through their play. So, uh, yeah, I think I just, uh, everybody who played with the younger guys, I think they all pitched in fantastically through the team. So, um, but yeah, we just knew we had to take ownership of that team and, and see what we can do with it. And real quick, Phil, one more for me. Um, just theoretically, how good do you think that your team could have been your junior year if Pascal stuck around and Ben lasted one more year? Because I think that your, I think your recruiting class was up. Yeah. Awesome. Especially how well Kyron turned out. Yeah, no, definitely, dude. I, I think if they both would have stayed, you know, Pascal down the center, seven feet, and obviously Ben was playing extremely well. So, and then obviously we're all getting older. I think we would have made it really, really far. Um, you know, I know everybody's got to do what they got to do. They got their own decisions to make, but no, I, I definitely think it could have been a season to remember if we all would have just stayed and just made that work. So could have been championship contenders. Like I think they, you know, we've been playing for a while together. So it was one of those things I think we could definitely could have made it far. Um, wish that would have happened, but we still had a good season that season. So yep. I'm not complaining. <laughs> From my perspective, right. You played USC twice in the tournament, right? <laughs> 
were, were you more on the second time where you're like, damn, I got to play these guys again? Like Benny Boatwright, like those, like <laughs> you, they had very balanced teams. 100%. Yeah, and, it, it came out of nowhere. We were just like, okay, we're playing them again. <laughs> so we're just like, all right, like, you know, let's do this. But, you know, obviously they had a way different team than um, Benny Boatwright. And then I can't remember the guy's name down low. Um, the center, I can't remember his name, but he was, you know, they were a very good team. Um, but we came out swinging, so. UNC, we saw them, you know, with Bryce and then you guys again. And then, man, this is the one. I always tell people yeah. about this one. The Robert Williams, uh, the Robert Williams, oh, Texas A&M no. team. <laughs> that was a tough, that was a tough matchup for anybody. That was oh, a bad, yeah. that was a bad draw. Like how tough, like seeing him in the middle in college, like yeah. how tough was that to see down the middle? Yeah, that, I mean, that game was tough. He was beating us up down low. Um, and then, you know, I, he was killing the whole game. And then obviously it's towards the end of the game. He gets a steal. They get a steal. He goes down and just windmills it. Boom. At the end of the game. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, he really just did that. So, but no, dude, seeing him down low, he was just like, he was very physical. Um, he was super athletic. So he was obviously getting a lot of blocks and it was hard to score down there. And we had to try to figure that out with his size, but no, he was a hell of a player still is. So yeah, it was good playing against him, but it was that was a very tough game for us. We tried to figure it out, but we couldn't we couldn't figure it out in time. Jalen, what was it like seeing Robert Williams on film? Because mm-hmm. even as a rookie, he was a freak for an NBA player. So I imagine you guys yeah. don't know a ton about Texas A and You probably turn the film, you're like, "What the hell is this guy?" Like I, I imagine it was pretty crazy. Yeah, we were just all sitting there filming, and then obviously the coaches, whatever coach was at the time, um, that had that that Texas A and M film, and he was a scout for it, and. They showed us, and it was, he's very athletic. you got to keep him off the glass. Um, you know, be careful, pump fake when you get down there because he's, you know, got a tendency to jump and try to block and all these things. And, you know, we were just watching some of the dunks and the hot flying stuff he was doing. We were like, oh, shit. <laughs> we were like, okay, so we got we got somebody in our hands. We really got to pay attention to this game. So, no, he was it was definitely impressive. But, you know, we came in and we thought we were ready for him, but it's a lot different seeing film and then having to do it in person. So, you know, we had a tough game. They were a very, very good, talented team. And, you know, they showed that that night. How how sudden did that feel, though? Because your Big East tournament run, I thought was even, I wouldn't say more exciting, but equally as exciting as 2014 they won it. Like three overtime games. That yeah. Villanova team killed everyone in the tournament. The end yeah. tournament afterwards, you guys mm-hmm. have an overtime. I thought you got kind of like a chintzy foul call on Alpha on, on Brunson with like 30 seconds to go or something. But... Yeah. You know, I would love to hear you just kind of talk through that Big East tournament and then how shocking it was, because I imagine you guys are going in feeling great going to a and yeah. uh, no, Just definitely. what that two-week period was like for you. Yeah, it was intense, man. You could just tell in practices we knew that uh, we were doing well at the time and we had confidence from those Big East tournament games and all those different things. And, you know, I still to this day wish we, we've got – I was so close to winning, you know, some Big East championships there, but just couldn't do it, man. But – you know, during those two weeks and getting ready for the NCAA tournament, um, we knew we had been there before. You know, we had experienced it before, so we weren't more of that shot going in. We were more prepared and getting ready for it. Um, you know, the practices were going really get great. Um, you know, scouting was going really great. We were really confident going in, thinking that we could actually do something here. So, you know, playing against, again, like you said, getting into that Texas A&M game was tough. You know, they, we got in there. The crowd was electric. It was a great game. And then, you know, we just couldn't get a hold of, of the team and some of their guards that they have were eating us alive. And then Robert Williams down low was tough. 
So it was one of those things that those those two weeks were 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 fun, but they were also they were very intense. I thought that that Xavier game in the semis was maybe my favorite game of the Cooley era, including beating USC in the tournament. I thought that game was unbelievable because Xavier was kind of dislikable with McCurra back then. Oh my god! Being being down (laughs) seventeen in that game, I remember just being like, "All right, let's just you know." let's get it to six or eight and just not get blown out in this game. It just seemed like you guys kept chipping away and chipping away, but we'd love to hear your memories of that one. Cause that, I thought was one of the wildest games. Kyron goes in that like crazy sport to get you guys back in it. But uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on that one as well. Yeah, we were struggling, man. All game. We just, I don't know what it was. We just could not figure it out. We couldn't get into the groove, but once we started, you know, it started, we started clicking, hitting some shots, getting some stops. And then we're like, okay, look, we're, we're getting there. Let's cut this down to six or eight and then figure it out then. So, you know, we got there and Kyron just started lighting them up. So Kyron was going crazy at the time. Keep feeding them. You know, that's how Coach Cooley was. Whoever's got the hot hand, we're going to feed it till he cools off. So, you know, Kyron started feeding it and he started going crazy with it. So we were just like, all right, bet. Like, let him keep going. So he kept going. And then, you know, we got to that point where um, we had cut to six or eight, and then we just kind of went from there. It was like, let's keep, let's try to keep this going as best as we can. But, you know. I mean, I think I probably know the answer to this question, but like, what was your favorite game as a Friar of all time? Was it the 30 points at MSG, the 10 of 16, and, you know, six and nine from three? Like, or, 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 or is it the Xavier comeback? Like, what do we got? Or, or beating USC? Honestly, like I know it's like it's obvious to say the 30 point game MSG, it's like that was a hell of a feeling. So, you know, it's hard to to top that one. But I think honestly, yeah, like that that win against USC on the buzzer beater. And it was I mean, that was it was ridiculous. So I I don't know. I would go with MSG first. I just gotta do it. <laughs> I just it's hard not to. So you gotta be honest. <laughs> yeah, I gotta be honest. I it's hard not to, man. I'm just like <laughs> I think of other I'm like, no, I gotta go MSG. 100 percent So couple a couple quick hitters. Who was the team that you liked that that brought you the highest for you? Like, oh, we're playing them. I I, I want to beat them. Honestly, probably I would say St. John's. I don't know what it was about St. John's. But I used to love playing St. John's. I don't know why, but yeah, I'll probably say St. John's. And then I'm always getting in it, getting in it with Chris, and and it was just Chris, Chris Mullins. So I was just like, you know, I loved playing them. I was so ready. And then the Coach Cooley was always hyped up to play them for mm-hmm. some reason. So like, I think I fed off that energy, and I was like, look, I love playing St. John's. So, who is somebody on the team that people maybe didn't know you were close with, or like? you know, maybe somebody that would have surprised us, right. Who you're like, damn, they're actually really good, but maybe we didn't get to see them play as much as, you know, as much as like a Chris or a Ben. Ooh, on the team. Yeah. Ooh. Honestly, like Drew and, and Drew Edwards and Malik, I, they are really good players. You know, I love to watch them play. They were super good in practice. They would always light some of us up. Like, but I would probably say Drew Edwards and Malik White. You know, I think if they got more time, um, I think they could have proved themselves. Um, so I think I would have loved to see them play a little bit more when I was there. Um, so and obviously Drew transferred. But uh, yeah, I would have those two for sure. In the yeah. in these next set of questions, we're going to go from Jalen, the player to Jalen, you know, you know, the front office coach. So let's get as much everything we got on the player side. Let's let's let's, let's get it out. You know, as as an all like a, as an all time great Friar shooter and winner. 
like how do you want to be like how, when you walk into the amp yep, yeah and, and you you know you get to go to games that you get to watch we saw you sitting courtside like you know how do you want people to remember you how do you want people to remember that legacy honestly man i just want people to know that i gave it my all man and then i loved playing in at the dunk well amp now but i love <laughs> That was my bad. So we're yeah, on. no, look now, you got me saying it, but no, dude, I just know that you know I gave it my all and I bought into that role there as a three and D, and I hope that they you know approved of that. I always loved the approval of the fans to know that I was giving them all every day with them in games, um, trying to be interactive with them and and trying to you know take pictures and, and talk to people on the sidelines and introduce myself and stuff like that. So just honestly, just a genuine guy. So that's why I kind of hope that the fans remember you as is a three-point shooter uh, for the team and then in a, in a genuine guy. So, All right, John, I, I got one more for you. Yeah. Better team, the Kentucky team you played your freshman year that had Devin Booker coming off the bench and Carl Anthony Towns, or the Villanova team from your senior year that won it all? Honestly, I'm going with Kentucky. That team was stacked. I mean, we it was so different playing at the Rupp, and then we went in there and we literally saw Carl Anthony Towns, you know, the Harrison Twins, Def Booker, Tyler Eulis, like all these guys. I mean, it was just an incredible, incredible team. We were there. Like, we had the first half, we were like, hey, we're pretty close. Like, so we were like, let's let's try to figure this out. Like, we're, we're playing well. And in that second half, I'm not sure what happened, but everything kind of fell apart. So, but that team was incredible. Yeah, Chris was hurt too. Remember, he hurt. He was quite. I went down there for the game, so I was. I was oh, really? yeah. yeah, it was. Awesome. It was a cool experience, and yeah. but it was like a three point game with like 10, 12 yeah. minutes to go. Exactly. But they were so hard. To, like Collie Stein, they were so hard to score. Yeah, on. yeah, they were. They were size was incredible. They had obviously really, really good guards. So it was like we were all having to be on you know, cue every second to like help each other out when we could. But yeah, the size down low and then obviously the guard, they tore us apart in that, that second half, the last half of it. So yeah, it's still wild to think Devin Booker came off the bench for a college team. Yeah, it's not wild. Yeah. yeah. Come <laughs> off the bench. Now look at him. <laughs> Do you know him at all? You guys are the same class, right? Yeah, yeah. We uh, we played against each other a couple of times in AAU and the UIBL. But uh, yeah, yeah. So where, where is he from? I don't, I don't even know. Um, Do you know? I can't remember. Not off the top of my head. Okay. Yeah, not off the top of my head. Sorry, D, enough, D, enough Kentucky talk. <laughs> D-Book, D he's from Michigan. Is he? He's I from know, Grand Rapids. He, he probably knows Ladante. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ladante's in Lansing, yeah. Yeah, so probably got some some ties there. Um, before we before we kick it to state of the program, Cooley leaving, like all that good stuff, like we kind of switch over to like that next era. Feel free to, you know, in terms of playing overseas, yeah. you know, in the, you know, we know, we know you had double figures when you were out there. What is it actually like playing overseas? Yeah, man, like it, it's, it's tough. You know, when you go out there for the first time, you know, figuring out you got to start somewhere and then you go out there and it's everything else unknown, you know, the language barrier, uh, where you live, the living, you know, conditions and the food and and the tr transfer money and figuring out how to do that through banks and doing all these things, you know, it's tough, you know, not having your family there. I mean, you're super, super far. Um, the games are always fun, man. Like, you know, I think in my first year in Slovenia, like it was fun. I played with some really good players. Um, but, you know, injuries played a part in that. But being away and not knowing that, you know, I was the time zone was so different. Everybody was sleeping where I'm from. So it yeah. was 
stuff. But and a lot of people don't know that. They think you just go over there and they just pay for everything and you just live a lavish life. And it's not like it's not like that at all. So oh yeah. yeah difficult because we start getting you know up there and start playing your league and doing those things but well Kyron said we had Kyron on and he was like yeah. man it is not what you think oh, like <laughs> so so it gave me another perspective on it and that's why I always go into that question I'm like you know like what was it actually like yeah <laughs> no it's 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 not easy you know and anybody says it is like I don't believe them like you know it's tough but you get through it you love what you're doing so you just keep pushing through it so amen all right, let's get into all these fun topics about PC basketball for today. All right, first thing, right? Jalen Lindsay, four-year player winner under Ed Cooley. Rumors coming out that Ed Cooley's leaving. And by the way, Kevin and I, we've we had a we had we had a round table episode with Carson and mm-hmm. Ted. We had our own reactions. We're, we've always been good with Ed and you know, and everything he's done. We weren't mm-hmm. in the hater camp, right? It's like, but like, what was your what was your reaction when when it went down it's like Ed's, Ed, Ed, he's actually leaving providence college what'd you think yeah uh, um at first like, i didn't know what was going on with it because like i try not to pay attention to it because i heard the rumors but mm-hmm. until it actually was going to happen i wasn't going to believe it so um, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen that's not going to happen so you know it's not any of my business to go and try to pry and see if it is going to happen so i kind of let it play itself out but you know when it did come out i was super shocked um, you know, I think, I think it was just, I was not expecting that it literally mm-hmm. me off guard. Um, so it was one of those things, like, I didn't know what was happening and why, and it was obviously a lot of information at the time when it came out. So we were just kind of one waiting. I was waiting to see if anybody that I knew was going to say something. And it, it was something I know that Cooley has to do what he has to do. I completely understand mm-hmm. that. Definitely mm-hmm. seeing him, you know leaving providence it definitely was not a good feeling but you have to understand so like i have no hard feelings for Cooley. i'll still love him to this day so but it does hurt to see him leave providence um but i'm glad he didn't leave at least while i was there <laughs> so mm-hmm. i got to play for him for four years so jayla what do you think it would be like i'm not sure if you're going to go to the game next year but yeah. there's so much vitriol right now you know it's a guy you really care about but you're also a providence guy how hard is it to kind of be in this kind of in-between place that you're probably in right now yeah it's definitely going to be weird especially you know if I get a chance to go to the game you know obviously I have no hard feelings for Cooley he's got to do that and I'll cheer cheer for him himself but obviously I'm going for Providence there's no doubt in my mind I'm sticking with my team but like there you know I'm definitely going to root for him and his success I don't want to see him fail or anything like that so but it is going to be weird seeing him on the other end you know um, opposite of the other uh, bench so you know, it's going to, I wonder how the crowd's going to take it. You know, I'm interested to see. I'm hoping everybody's receptive to it and kind of just lets him be. But, you know, we'll see what happens. But I'm hoping I do get to go to that game. But I'm definitely going to watch, even if I don't get to go. So, even weirder is seeing LaDante and Kyron and Georgetown uh, yeah. here. Like when, when those things popped, I like, this just does not look right. I, I know they got to do what they got to do, but it just seems so odd to see, even for me, even odder to see them in the gear than Cooley. I know. Yeah. You know, I saw them obviously before they left when they were still on the team and Kyron had just kind of joined and I knew LaDante had been there for a while, but I had saw them when I moved back and, you know, they were loving it and they didn't, I had no idea that a few months later it'd be gone. So they're literally, you know, it is weird seeing them new threads, you know, seeing all the posts from the coaches and stuff like that and having to do that. But, you know, if they're happy, that's fine. So, but I'm, you know, those are my boys, LaDante and Kyron both. Like I love them mm-hmm. both. 
So they're awesome. definitely, I wish them both, you know, success over there, but, you know, it definitely sucks seeing them leave Providence, but I know they still, got, I know they still got love for PC. So I'm not same, <laughs> same here. Same here. Like we yeah. interviewed both multiple times yeah. and love both of them. We want the best for them. So it's, it's, it's a very interesting, uh, it's a very interesting yeah. dynamic. You know, you played at this level, Bryce Hopkins and Devin Carter staying at yeah. PC. Like when you saw that, we were like, you gotta be pumped. This is like, what a good start for Kim English to have with those two guys. 100%. I was like, when I saw that, because I was wondering for myself, you know, I got to see them play live, you know, I got to meet them um, a couple of times. And when, you know, I first saw them play, I was like, damn, I, you know, these guys are really good. So, and it was fun watching them play like up close, but when they decided to stay, I was extremely happy, but I was like caught off guard because I honestly thought both of them were are obviously pros. So I thought, mm-hmm. I think they're going to bounce, but they know. So, you know, I think that they're both going to just destroy it this year. So I'm excited to see them in action. And I'm excited to see them under Kim, some new excitement, uh, see what happens and see what he does with the team. So, yeah. Go ahead, Kev. So, Jalen, how obviously now it was great to see you back at the dunk slash amp last year. But uh, how closely were you able to follow the team the years after you had left? Yeah, so I followed them uh, the best way I could. You know, I would always watch games if they were on. Um, if I could catch them, definitely watch some games. I didn't get back here much. Uh, I'm just busy with life. So, you know, being able to get back here and see some games was something that I missed. And that's one of the, you know, another reasons why I moved back with my girlfriend. So, um, you know, it's one of those things that I wanted to keep up more, um, but I always kept up with the recruits and see who they were going to get. Uh, but yeah, I watched some games and, and they had, you know, especially after I left, I was still friends with, you know, obviously Alpha and all those guys. So, um, watching them play was great. And then obviously seeing David, I knew David and, uh, you know, um, knew AJ and, and watching them play. So, and then it kind of, after they left, it was kind of new to see, I didn't know anybody else on the team realistically, um, you know, so it was different, but yeah, I tried to keep up with them best way I could over the, over the years, even if it's through social media, um, watching games, stuff like that. So. What do we think? So obviously we've chopped it up about, that we like Kim English, right? He he's got a, he's got a good personality. Played in the NBA. He's got some cool ties. Like he just has sort of swagger about him. But like, what do you think about the dynamic that Kim's going to bring to this team? Honestly, I think it's going to bring some excitement to this team because like it's just a different dynamic. You know, we've been on the coolies. Obviously, you know Kim English. He, Kim English has got his own style. So I'm excited to see what that style is, you know, with the team he has here at Providence and some of the recruits he's got coming in and, and you know, some of the guys that have already already there. So to see what he does with the team, see what he does with the program is exciting to know. It's kind of that unknown mystery that we're kind of waiting for when the season starts. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm, I'm just like all the fans, like I'm waiting to um, haven't gotten a chance to meet him. But like I said, I've heard great things about him already from the people that have that I still know, obviously, at the school. So um, honestly, I can't wait to see what he does with the team. Um, I think they're going to be really good this year. I think they got some some good talent on that team. So I, I'm excited to see what they do. What do you think the team has to do? Not even just Kim English, but what do you think this this new era of PC basketball has to do to like make that like Elite Eight Final Four-esque run? We're in a different landscape nowadays. Yeah. NIL, you know, transfer portals crazy. Like, what does PC, in your opinion, you know, from a basketball standpoint, what do they have to do to really take that next step? Honestly, I think they need to focus and get their chemistry down the best way they can, especially with, 
you know, um, some of the guys staying and some of the transfers coming in um, and stuff like that, being able to mesh together and just follow whatever Kim, Kim English has got planned for them. I think that's going to be the biggest thing. But honestly, I, I, I think Bryce and, and Devin need to take control of the team um, and, and know that they are they're the leaders. They're the guys that need to kind of get it done. Um, so I'm excited to see what they got, what they got going over there, what they got cooking. I wish I can get over there to see some practices or something. Uh, but no, I'm definitely excited. I'm definitely excited to see what they got. You've seen the amp develop over the years. Like obviously it was a really good place to play when you were here mm-hmm. playing, but now it's a really good place to play when you, you know, you were here as a fan this past year. What does it mean to those guys to have that sort of consistent fan presence at the games where you are the main attraction from your perspective what what was it like being a pc bass player like you're the main attraction in town you got twelve thousand five hundred fans screaming like everybody has a different answer with this i'm always curious what people have to say no like i loved it like i think the atmosphere was crazy every night i knew when we came in even if it was a team that people thought we were just gonna blow out like it you know they still would come the crowd would be jumping. The fans were crazy. The student section was crazy. You know, like you said, being the main attraction, you know, other than us and the hockey team um, and stuff like that, there was no NBA team uh, other than in Boston. There was no football team. So it was like PC basketball was it, you know, and I think the fans took pride in that. It's kind of like uh, like the like Knicks fans. You know, they're very diehard fans for their city, for their for their town, everything. So they really, you know, everybody loved us. And I think that we loved them back in that aspect. So the atmosphere was always rocking at, at you know, at the amp. So it was always fun to play at home. Um, I used to couldn't wait, wake up in the morning, you know, ready to play at home. So uh, no, definitely. It was the atmosphere is crazy. It's probably one of the best in the country, to be completely honest. So, so Jim, curious as to, I'd love to draw a comparison to Kim English now. I think yeah. there's going to be kids who, or kind of taking a leap of faith when they commit to him now, right? He's only coached at George Mason for two years. And yeah. I look at you, I think, when did you commit to Coach Cooley? 2013, was 13. it? Yeah, 13. So yeah. they hadn't won the Big East yet. Cooley, I don't think he, made, he had made the tournament yet. So you kind of took a similar leap. I mean, we know now Cooley's become the national coach of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you had your choice of a ton of schools. Mm-hmm. Um, so interested to see, like, your mindset, like what kind yeah. of kid – does it take to kind of take a leap on a coach who, you know, PC's got a better brand now because Coach Cooley really yeah. helped build the last 10 years, but still is kind of unproven. I would love to hear kind of your thought process as to how it worked for you and then what it will take for uh, a kid to kind of jump similarly for Kim. Yeah, no, I think that Cooley is very genuine. You know, he was one of those guys that, that, yeah, had some of these big schools coming, but none of the, not all the head coaches were coming to watch games, see practice. Cooley was always there. You know, he was there 24-7, you know, watching games, coming to the house, coming to the school, you know, coming to visit. And then I saw that he was obviously having some success. He was starting to work his way up. And I started to see that. So I kind of wanted to jump on that wave. And I knew, you know, I had, like, honestly, I just had a lot of belief in him just from meeting him and talking about what his plans were with the school and the program and with me and how he wanted me to be a part of that and all these different things. I wanted to join that. I wanted to be a part of that team. And then obviously I knew who Chris Dunn was. So I was like, I would love to play with Chris. Like, I would love to do that. Like, you know, I think that would be dope. So, um, you know, Chris called me, he talked to me a little bit, went on some visits. Like it was, it was dope. And I think that it was, it felt more genuine than just more of like uh, some of these schools, just more transactional in a way. So it felt more genuine that aspect and I felt more comfortable. So I was like, okay, like, I think I'm going to take this, 
jump on this wave and this coolie wave and see where it goes. And then honestly, obviously went well. <laughs> so, but what does it take? I know so many kids, especially at that age, feel like they've got to prove how good they are, right? Like, if you're from Tennessee, like I want to go to Kentucky because everyone knows like Kentucky is amazing. Right. Um, did you just think you had a different level of maturity at that age? Um, I think I had good guidance. You know, I think I had people that were guiding me in the right direction that, you know, if you go to those big schools, like you, you want to play, you know, you don't want to have to redshirt and do those things. You want to just have a good, you know, four years and, or however long you stay. But, you know, I think it was one of those things I had really good guidance, people guiding me in the right direction, um, talking me through a lot of different things. And I think my mom and dad and everybody helped, you know, tremendously my coach, you know, in high school. So, I think it was more of the guidance that helped me. But I mean, if you don't have the best guidance, I think you just kind of have to go with your heart. You can't just always look at the bright lights and think I'm just going to go to Kentucky and kill it. Like it doesn't always happen that way. Mm -hmm. um, Got to do what you have to do and go to schools like, uh, you know, smaller schools or whatever you want to call it that aren't these, you know, big, big schools and ACC and SEC and all these things. Um, but we knew, I knew the Big East was stacked. I knew the Big East was a hell of a conference. So and I knew that I was going to be in a good place. And, you know, Cooley gave me, I knew Cooley was going to give me the opportunity to play. And he told me that when he was crew to me. Boom. So I think I was like, okay, I'm going to ride this wave and I'm going to trust him. And he he owned up to his word and I started playing. So I mean, look at look at Bryce. He's the perfect example. You know, the Kentucky, the Kentucky world to PC world. Like what a difference it can make when you're in a spot where people genuinely believe in you. Mm -hmm. and they're they let your talent unleash itself right like he didn't get that opportunity at Kentucky but he sure did last year he sure did like that's what I'm saying that's all he needed and there's a reason obviously him going to Kentucky and doing that stuff he's playing against really good players um you know obviously playing for that team and stuff but him coming here he finally got to let that door just unleash and he just came out you know killing it and you know I think he's finally playing the game that he would have played at Kentucky we would have got more time so you know, I think that obviously I'm glad to have him at PC. I think he's a hell of a player. Um, so I was excited to see him him do his thing last year. It was honestly so much fun watching him play. So, so we're gonna close out with some more fun kind of quick hitter questions. Like these 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 are always my favorite. Um, who is the funniest guy you played with? Oh, definitely Chris. Chris Dunn is a literally he is the funniest person I think I've ever met in my life. He does not shut up. I love it though. He's just always he's so loud. Like when he comes in, you know it's Chris. And he was just funny in practice and 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 when we just hung out. Oh man, yeah, Chris is by far one of the funniest guys I know. That's, that's you know, so it. Like, yeah. Bill, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, it's so interesting because he's just so serious and like just was yeah. he just got after guys on the court. But everybody says he's so funny. <laughs> Dude, he's hilarious. Yeah, he's he's you know he switches that mode on to play, and when he gets out there on the court, he's obviously very different. And war before games and all that stuff. But when he's just chilling, oh my goodness, Chris, he does not stop talking. He's so loud. The man is. <laughs> hilarious he's got jokes for days but no nah, he's he's a fun he's definitely one of those fun people to be around you know he, he keeps it lively in practice keeps it lively on the bus and doing all these things so yeah by far chris chris is he's a he's funny and what, what was it like to see chris bounce back this year in utah oh i love that dude i knew he was just waiting on his moment you know we've talked a little bit through the years and you know, he just needed that chance again to come back. I saw him obviously killing it in the G League. I'm like, he don't even deserve to be there. So, like, he definitely needs to be in the league somewhere. And I think Utah picked him up. I think it's a great pickup. I think he's going to do really well there. 
So I think he just needs to, you know, keep doing what he's doing. And obviously he's always been that hell of a scorer. He's also, his defense is incredible. One of the best attributes I see of Chris, even when I played with him. So, you know, I think he's getting that chance to shine. Dude's cold. Like, dude, Chris was the number five, uh, number fifth pick in the draft for a reason. So. Who went the hardest in practice? Like, who was that guy? You're like, damn, like, I want to match up with them today. <laughs> Honestly? Oh, I don't know. That's a great question. It could be a couple guys, too. Yeah, I think Chris went very hard in practice. Ben was very intense in practice. LaDante was super intense in practice. I think those three, like, going up against, we knew it was going to be, you know, it was going to be a grind that entire day. You know, motor going at 100%. But it was good, though. It kept us all going. But, yeah, I would say those three. I can't really pick one. Because yeah. Few people, yeah, that were just like, you know, every day you go to practice. And I think I was one of those guys too. I came to practice ready, like, you know, just a burst of energy because I know energy helps people keep going. So I would try to expend that energy to get people going. So people probably thought I was a little annoying, but it happens. <laughs> who who talked the most trash, teammate Chris, and opponent? Chris. Chris talked the most trash for sure. And then opponent, D'Angelo. Oh. Nice though. He was cold, but he, he was good. He used to talk so much trash. I was like, oh, my gosh. But, yeah, no, nah, he definitely – D'Angelo Harrison, that's his name. He was nice. Yeah. I, I get the feeling you, you guys talked a lot, too, because I remember when you played Carolina. Yeah. After the game, they were all – it was, like, all over the media. Like, oh, they were talking so much. Did you guys talk a lot of trash as a team? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody's talking trash the whole game. You know, everybody's <laughs> talking trash to everybody. It's honestly crazy how much trash is being talked. But it's like never – it's never that, like, malicious, like, trash talking. It's really just, like, in the moment of the game, you know, just trash talking each other to the other team and getting each other hyped up and, you know, pushing people out the way just to kind of, you know, prove yourself is like that. But no, nah, we all used to talk trash. It's just part of the game. You know, no, it's nothing crazy about it. Yeah. I think Carolina was shocked that PC guys were talking trash to them. Yeah. They were, they were definitely taken aback. Yeah. 100%, 100%. They weren't ready for that part of it. <laughs> How about this one? Who is one guy? that you didn't play with probably after, after you most likely could have been before you where you're like, damn, I wish I played with him. And that would have been, that would have been, that would have been fire. Yeah. I would honestly say. I'll say, I, you know, I would love to have, I watched Bryce Cotton play. I would say Bryce, you know, yes. dude is he was incredible. I used to go to the school yeah. to visit and he would just be working out and just throwing down the craziest dunks I've ever seen. I used to be like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. This guy is really, really good. But he was also like, you know, he was very unselfish too, watching him play and the way he passed and all that stuff. But no, I definitely would have loved to play, have played with him. Um, I would love to have played with, you know, the Ryan Gomes, the Marshawn Brooks, those guys like that. I would love to play with those guys back in the day, but it, you know, I didn't get a get a chance to play with those guys. But yeah, I would have loved that those three would probably be the guys. And favorite thing about Rhode Island? Like, because now you're a Rhode Islander again. Like, yo, what Basically, you, what, yeah, I mean, cry, yeah. <laughs> honestly, like, I, honestly, I'll go with the food, man. 
I love the food here. Like I love the seafood. Like it's one of my favorite, you know, to eat is seafood and stuff like that. I love the food and I like the I love the culture. It's a lot different than where I'm from. You know, I'm from yeah. the south of the country and they're in Nashville. Like it, it's so different than than where I'm from. And I think I love the culture here and I love the food. Um, I think the people here are like it's, it's such a good time. You know, the people here are a lot more fun. So no, nah, definitely those three things for sure. But the food's probably number one. They got some, they got some bomb food here for sure. So Jalen, what was the biggest adjustment culturally coming up here um, from Tennessee? <laughs> Rhode Island's a weird place. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, New England in general. I just need <laughs> yeah. to get your perspective on like, what it was like. It wasn't that bad. It, it really wasn't. I think it was just getting used to, um, you know, all the water, like just being close to water and stuff like that. I, was, I just wasn't used to that. Seeing all the boats, like all this stuff was new to me. Yeah. So you know, I've seen boats on lakes, but like never seen all these bodies of ocean and all this stuff. So it was it was cool to see. But no, it really wasn't that bad. Like I said, like I, you know, my dad's from here, you know, I got family from here. So it wasn't terrible, like the culture difference. Uh, but no, I think the the biggest thing here is that people cuss a lot here. And that was just funny because obviously like in the South, people are very like, you know, they don't cuss as much. But no, we're here. I love it though. I love, I love the energy. Like I think it's hilarious though. So yeah, it was definitely different to hear all the cussing and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I like, I like this. <laughs> Most unique place on planet Earth, man. Um, 100%. It, it, and once you're in, and once you've experienced the part of it, like it, it's just, it's just, it's, it's hard kind to of hard to replicate it. It is. It's hard to get away, man. You just feel drawn back here for some reason. So, well, we're very glad to have you back. I want to give you flowers for a second, especially because, like, think about it from my perspective. Like, I graduated PC in fourteen. There was a lot of people who, after the Big East tournament, were like, "Oh, like, is this the peak? Right? Like, has the has the success?" you know, will the success cause the the classes, you know, to get a little bit slower, to go for less wins, to have the have less big moments. But like the teams you guys had, especially when Chris and Ben left, was like, damn, like you guys were just so solid. You believed in the Cooley way. You got in the weight room. I'm telling you, that year you came back, I think it was junior year where you put on that weight and it was like, damn, this man is serious and he is here and he is here to leave a legacy. So I really appreciated it from my perspective, like leaving PC that year, my senior year, I was like, I wonder what the future is going to look like. Right. And you guys really stabilized that future and really stabilized that continuous success to really bring the brand around to where it should be. And, and again, a lot of you guys, you're up on the walls in the practice facilities. Like, you know, yeah. there are games that are, you know, in, in, in the rafters and memorialized in the different, in the different, um, you know, parts of the hall of fame within the basketball section of the school, you're definitely there. And, um, no, we're just, I, I, I love watching you play and, you know, I'm just happy to chop it up with you and I love seeing you at games now. So. Okay, so I appreciate you guys, dude. I'm glad to be friends with you guys. You always, you guys have been like super, super chill. And I appreciate that. And, you know, I appreciate that, dude. I gave it them all while I was there. You know, I did what I could. So I was glad to be a part of that success and, and, and be there for the fans and be there for people who just love PC basketball. So, no, I appreciate you guys, dude, for having me. This is awesome. This is my first podcast, so this is dope. You know what? We love to have you on, Jalen. We'll see you during the season. And as always, go Friars. We'd like to thank everybody for listening to episode 31 of the Friar Podcast. And as always, a special thank you to our guest, the 3 and D King, Jalen Lindsay. We'll be back in the coming weeks. And as always, go Friars. Thank you.